since it sounds like numbers are ticking up, at least in terms <laughs> of inquiries for this year, and I think that makes a lot of sense, my perception is that this is the right time for a lot of students to be investigating a gap year because of the potential for, um, you know, some colleges say they're going to open in person and do the normal thing. I think there's a lot who have already said they're going to be online for at least part of the first semester. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, whether, you know, students are going to be on campus or not. And so for a lot of students, it might be a good time to consider another option or deferring that enrollment for at least one year. Um, that being said, some of the things that might limit participation on college campus might limit some of the gap year options as well. How do you foresee gap year programs moving forward through 2020, 2021? Man, if I had the answer to that, I, I could I could bottle it up and sell it. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I think that one of, the, one of the distinctions I think is important to make with between gap year programs and colleges and universities is size and, and ability to make uh, decisions. Uh, so gap year programs are typically much smaller, both organizationally as well as the size of the actual peer group that are working together or on site together. So I think that the feasibility is a lot more possible coming into 20, 2020 and 2022. 2021. Because if we're talking about, for instance, a wilderness program, if you're taking 10 people and two leaders out into the backcountry, that's much different than sending 5,000 people to a college campus and living in dorms and things like that. So I think there are a lot of gap year programs, especially on state side, that are going to be, you know, the, these formal programs that um, have a you know pretty good chance of being able to run because they are thinking very strategically about how to do it safely and how to do it intentionally and those kinds of things. As far as international opportunities, obviously that's still kind of a question mark and we're going to take it one day at a time. Even based on the hour of the day, it kind of, I change my mind as far as how I think that it's going to be able to go. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, it's definitely going to be possible. Students are going to be able to go anywhere they want to this year by the end of 2021. And other times I'm like, we better brace ourselves for a virtual learning and all this kind of thing. But I think that's the other thing that I'm seeing is gap year programs uh, are pivoting in very in innovative ways to offering experiential opportunities online um, or shifting their on-site volunteering to virtual volunteering, virtual internships. And so I think that even though it's not the same as being in person, we all have to be more flexible and open-minded this year about how it can look. And I think that one of the major questions and one of the biggest distinctions I think students need to make when making their decision this year is asking themselves what kind of college experience they want. And is, if, is the investment that they're making in their college going to be worth it for a virtual experience if that's what the college is going to try? And so I think that for, for a lot of students, the equation is is more that than the promise of travel and this, these amazing gap year adventures and things like that. It's more about making a very rational choice about their college decision. And then the secondary thing is going to be, how do we support them in having a great gap year with what's available? Yeah. You, you got to work with what you have, you know, and mm. I think in quote unquote, normal circumstances, a gap year is something that a person does intentionally. Mm -hmm. And I think it probably lines up as a priority. It's something that you've chosen. And, and I don't mean this in any negative way, certainly, but I think that at least for some students, this might become sort of a contingency plan that for the next year, gap year starts to look like a very attractive backup option mm. because a big part of what you're paying for, especially if you're going to, you know, your traditional four-year school and especially in a lot of bigger schools, you know, your, your bigger campuses, you're paying as much for your education, your formal education as you are for the experience of living in the dorm and making the new social connections and doing, you know, the whole, the whole college experience. And if you're not going to get that, 
you know, it's not crazy to start asking, you know, well, what am I paying for? Or, you know, it'd be crazy to, you know, pay full price and then not feel like you were getting half of what you were, you were hoping to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that maybe there are going to be a lot of people looking into gap year opportunities essentially as a backup, which I'm just guessing is probably a shift for you because I would imagine in the past when people come to speak to you about, you know, choosing a gap year and finding a program, it's because that's their primary choice, right? Or or they're considering it very strongly. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be so weird because people, I think as a combination of doing this podcast and running my mouth a lot, but I Mm -hmm. I try to read a lot and try to keep up with what's going on. I have a lot of people asking me, what do you think school's going to look like when we reopen? And I say the same thing you did, you know, man, if I had that answer, I'd, (laughs) I'd, I wouldn't have to be teaching public school. I'd have more than enough money, you know, it'd be okay. If travel options are limited, obviously there's going to be some online opportunities. And you mentioned potential sort of wilderness experiences and, and things in nature. Are there other kinds of programs that you think could be running? Like I know that a lot of people during a gap year will do some sort of national or community service, but I don't know how many of those programs are going to be operating or, you know, we're at a time where in a, in a weird way we might need more volunteers in certain places, but I don't know if that means that gap year students would be eligible for that. Like, is volunteerism still a reasonable option for the next year? Definitely. Um, And, you know, they're also talking about needing more census workers starting in August. So I think that thinking about how you can be of use this year is a great way to turn the, turn the, flip the script on, on maybe what is a very disappointing end of your senior year and beginning to your college experience. I think that it shows a lot of maturity for, for an individual to say, okay, I didn't get what I wanted by going straight into college, but maybe I can give back to my country right now in the form of national service or civic service or work around the election and things like that, which are all, again, probably going to happen. Um, so right now, uh, gap year students who are, you know, as long as you're 18 with a GED or a high school graduation diploma, you can be eligible for many types of AmeriCorps volunteer opportunities, which is kind of the domestic arm of the Peace Corps. Uh, you may have heard of City Year or NCCC, Public Allies. These are all AmeriCorps programs and they all offer a living stipend as well as an education award that you can put towards college at the end of your service something like NCCC, you're actually with a small group of peers. It sounds a lot like what I just described before. You're, you have a group, you have leaders, and you're doing community service projects. There also has been talk of contact tracing as a potential national service opportunity or things like that. So there's a, there's a lot of potential. You can find information about national service opportunities on the Service Year Alliance webpage, which is just serviceyear.org. And there's a lot out there that is still onboarding and taking applications. So that would be a great opportunity for young people. And then, like I said, the election, (laughs) election opportunities are abound. You know, there's virtual canvassing that people can do, uh, activist organizations that are, that are working around the election. There's a lot of things that people can do to get involved with around, around the election time too. So, yeah, I mean, in a way kind of sky's the limit. Maybe maybe some of the travel or some of the activities in bigger cities may not be accessible, but I guess that doesn't shut down all of the options. And and again, if a big part of, say, going to college is getting some of that social experience, I mean, I was reading this morning about how much money Major League Baseball and the NFL are looking to lose if they hold games, but they don't let fans in. They're like, wow. they're, they're actually going to lose tens of millions of dollars, hmm. maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. But if they don't hold the season, they're worried about losing fans. Well, you have colleges in the same situation where mm-hmm. they have to decide what to do athletically. If you're going to go to a Big Ten or, say, an SEC school or something like that, 
and you can't attend sporting events. I mean, that's part of the atmosphere that maybe you were going there for. And so maybe it's reasonable to look into those other options. 